Welcome back to Floating Our Boat Podcast. This is episode one of season two, Fran. It or is. series two. Let's be English about this. Well, I've just put S2 on the notes, <laughs> so that could be very, either. Very diplomatic. <laughs> and it comes to you from a very windy and a little bit rainy conditions in Middlewich. Yeah, it's really windy out there, so you might hear... Uh, the doors rattling and uh, the dogs are sleeping, so you'll definitely hear Jess snoring. <laughs> Jess has got to be the noisiest dog ever for sleep. As oh. soon as she is asleep, within seconds, she's just snoring and she snores all night long. Fortunately, when we get the new boat, there will be two doors between <laughs> us and Jess. <laughs> It'll be nice, won't it? <laughs> so we won't hear her. But yes, yeah, so hopefully. Beyond the noise of the wind and the doors and the dogs, you'll be able to hear us okay. We've had a bit of a break from this podcast in Malarkey. <laughs> and it's been two months now, hasn't it, Fran? Uh, I think it has. I yeah. think it was around Solstice Day in December yeah. when we did the last one. So since then, the days are stretching out nicely, aren't they? It's sort of six o'clock before it's... Uh, dark-ish isn't it oh it's making such a difference we always find that february is the month when things it's an exciting month it's a good month and you really begin to notice the difference when we were gardeners we'd have been frantically sowing seeds by now wouldn't we and uh tilting our allotment in preparation for onions going in etc i know i know but, but we've been to see the new boat this week yeah, it's been an exciting week. We've managed to um, cruise down to Middlewich, as we say, that's where we are now, uh, mainly because we needed facilities anyway, and it was just as quick to move the boat forward to here as it was to turn around and go back to um, water in um, our last mooring spot. So we've come forward and could legitimately go and see the boat as it's classed as a house move. Mm -hmm. Because we are actually moving our home and moving on to it, we are allowed to go and visit and see. This has all been checked out. And, yeah, it's just coming it's along so nicely now. Looking fab, isn't it? It hasn't got all the fittings in yet, but it's all built, isn't it? Ready to all be just put in now. The, the net and the wardrobes and the kitchen doors, etc. You know, they're just getting on there with the electrics and the plumbing, etc. Yeah. It's all painted on the outside, uh, just a little bit, few areas like the decks that need uh, their paint, coats of paint putting on because they're walking in and out of the boat and it's scuffing it. So that's the last thing they'll do, I guess. So when we left them the other day, they were about to tile the bathroom and the shower unit was shower going to be tiled. Um, we're still having little decisions about things we're going to to have on it we've chosen our curtain fabric now and yeah, there's a local lady making the curtains for us i'm not weaving for this boat the boat is far too posh to have my oh. woven curtains on it <laughs> it's not that front it's, there's how many windows and there's well, doors at the front two portals in the bedroom two portals in the bathroom six windows in the kitchen and uh, saloon and we Seven, wanted think, some yeah. blinds. I don't have a sewing machine. Anything that I sew has to be hand sewn on board. And you really do need a sewing machine. When I made these curtains for the boat, we were we still had the cottage and I had a sewing machine. Um, so it's just not feasible, really. Um, that's it. 
But I will be weaving cushions and bits and pieces for the boat, without doubt. So uh, we're looking at sort of mid-March, aren't we now, for getting on board. And I guess that will be delayed by a week or so, because these things are, aren't they? In a way, that's quite good timing, because we are really hoping that um, Boris's next announcement might release things a little bit for us. And it might mean that some special friends and family can come and join us for the launch. That would be great, wouldn't it? But we can't plan anything at the moment because we just don't know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, end of March would be fine for us, really, won't it? Yeah, it'd be great. Yeah, what a great time to start cruising in your new boat. Just spring is emerging. Oh, it's a lovely time. And, you know, we have everybody struggled with this lockdown and sitting here. But what exciting times. We're ready. We're ready to explore again now and have new adventures and get going. And it's going to be fab. They had a couple of their boats moored in the uh, on the canal, didn't they? Just off the towpath, they were um, moving their boats around <laughs> at, at uh, Elton Moss Boat Builders, and uh, we were walking past, and we just stood on the back and pretended it was our boat. And just who did? Oh, well, I did. Yes, <laughs> you did. <laughs> Wiggling your tiller, <laughs> pretending it was uh, our boat, and um, it just looks fantastic that extra eight and a half feet makes all the difference from the back of the boat when you're looking forward and we've come up with a name for the boat haven't we we finally <laughs> we we had a name and we were quite happy with it and um then we decided we'd go for this other name and we're not going to tell anybody yet until, well i think until we've changed our mind two or three times i think we've had two or three names that we've yeah, set we have, on but we'd settled on one hadn't we that we we were happy with but we just came up with this other name and it means so much to us, doesn't yeah. it? Um, yeah. So that's what we're going to go for and uh, all will be revealed on the launch day. So what else have you been choosing for the boat? Oh yeah, we've uh, I've decided I'm going to have uh, some vinyl records. Uh, so I'm going to get a turntable. I've got a turntable in the lockup uh, somewhere in Yorkshire, whatever the lockup is, <laughs> and an amplifier and speakers. But um, the turntable I've got hasn't got a cover for it, so we're gonna I'm gonna buy a new turntable and a new amplifier, stroke CD player, stroke streaming, stroke internet radio, all in one box. The thing is that music is important to both of us, but particularly to you, isn't it? Yeah. You've got Richard's got. Um, an amazing memory for music as well. If I was to ask him now when a certain record was out, don't test me. <laughs> he would probably come up with the precise year. He's usually right. Right, nine times out of ten, we'll know the year that a record came out. Um, and it's really important to you, isn't it? Music so... of all genres, especially rock music, uh, jazz. But my biggest love is classical music. I think I've mentioned this before, and I've got so many vinyl records uh, in the lockup. I'm just going to grab a handful of them, bring them to the boat. And then as we're cruising along, we often see LP shops now, which you never used to see. And second-hand charity shops sell a lot of records. And if they're in good nick, I'll buy them, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we're looking forward to that. Um, anything you're going to have for the new boat, friend, that we haven't had already? Dare I say a washing oh, I machine? Don't know. <laughs> um, I don't think you should say washing machine. No, no. I won't say washing machine. 
I, I actually wouldn't mind betting that you'll be the first person to use the washing machine because yeah, you were the first person to use the vacuum cleaner when we got it. I still do use it. You do, actually. Yeah. I will give you that, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I don't think, apart from the oven above the stove, uh, no, I just want lots of places to sit and read. I've got going to have room to sit on the back now on a nice day, aren't we? Yeah. Just to sit and have our coffee and sit and read. I'll sit in the world deck. We haven't got anywhere to sit out on this boat. Um, we were going to put benches in the world deck. And we would have done that if we were staying on board. We were going to build some benches across to sit out in the summer. Um, but we haven't got round to doing that. So. So that's the new boat news. We uh, we have published uh, online, haven't we, uh, the colour of the boat. Yeah, anyone that's been watching on Facebook would have got a little hint of it. And I think, did you put something I on put Instagram? Something on Instagram, yeah. photo in our boat Instagram a couple of months or so ago. And the colours are, are predominantly black, light grey and uh, burgundy, aren't they? Yeah, and cream. And cream. But we're not being secretive about it, but we won't show the whole thing until it's it's done, really. Mm. Um, and the same with the inside. We've shown little bits, but it's not fair, particularly to the boatyard, to see you see it when there's, Wires you know, dangling yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It's it's. But we're we're going to pop back again this week, and hopefully have another little look and take the camera down and and try and get a little bit of filming for it. Although the weather is really showing signs of warming up now and spring, the beginning of spring is always a bit elusive. It looks like it's here and then the weather jumps back again and it's not really here. And then you suddenly wake up one morning and you've blinked and it's gone and it's full blown spring has happened. But February this year has been really cold. It's been the longest, coldest spell that I can remember for a quite a long while. I think it's been cold since Christmas really hasn't it? We've had a proper winter haven't we? We have and that's good, that is mm. good. But um, just before my birthday at the beginning of February we got iced in and we were completely iced in for a good 10 days I think. And when I say iced in it wasn't just a little skimming of ice on the canal. You can move if there's a little bit of ice, and we have done. Anyone that's watched back to our early videos will have seen us moving in ice. It's not recommended because it can damage the blacking on the boat and also can damage boats that you pass. But we were properly iced the in, ice weren't was, we? The ice was an inch thick, wasn't it? At places. least, yeah. At least it was just solid. So it was really, really cold. It actually made it easier to go out walking because the towpaths have also been really muddy. And of course it was frozen. Yeah. So walking was a lot easier. Um, we were, during that spell, obviously not moving for that length of time. We were a good mile and a half from the shops, I think, weren't we? Yeah. So I mean, move, not being able to move because of the ice made lockdown a bit more easier, didn't it? Because we couldn't move anyway. So... Yeah. We uh, weren't wishing we could move, if you know what I mean. We weren't tempted to move and we didn't feel like we were missing out on anything, anything because we were stuck there anyway. And in the middle of all this, I had a birthday. You did. Didn't I? You did. Last year, I can remember getting blown off of our moorings <laughs> on my birthday and you had to dive out first thing in the morning and rescue the boat. So it's often a little bit of an adventure. This year, iced in and snowy. Um... But it was lovely, and you bought me two really, really special books for me, didn't you? 
Well, I didn't know they'd be special for you. I'd, I'd been hunting around for a few weeks and came up with these two books I thought you'd uh, really like. So, although Rich has been a bit reluctant in the past to eat any mushrooms that I've picked, he's um, bought me two mushroom books. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if that's his, if he's on the turn to... Uh... No. Because at the end of the day, we, we see odd mushrooms around, don't we? And yes, I, I'm... I'm fully aware that you can eat them but there's not a lot of them is there generally to, no. to pick and it's it wouldn't be fair to pick the only six mushrooms that happen to be there would it you know? well the rule for foraging is only to pick if you can pick one in 20 so if there are 20 mushrooms standing you can pick one and mm. um, people obviously don't abide by that and will take everything when we picked the chicken in the wood mushroom last year we just cut a little bit off and left the rest on the tree growing for somebody else or to regrow um i think mushrooms are a little bit different to flowers because the main part of the mushroom is underneath the ground and will keep fruiting but nevertheless we're not starving that we need to eat every mushroom we find but this these books have just opened this whole new world to me that i didn't really realize was there you know, we all, we all know mushrooms are all around us, but suddenly now walking, I've got my eyes glued to the ground trying to find any little bit of fungus or fruiting body or mushroom around. I don't think I've picked any because unless I'm absolutely sure that they're not only edible but nice to eat, there's a difference between something being okay for you and being nice, isn't there? Yeah. So one of them's called Entangled Life by Merlin Sheldrake. Yeah. And, uh, he's a bit of a character, isn't he? <laughs> look him up if anybody's he's interested. A, have him a look. YouTube videos of him, can't you? Yeah. Merlin Sheldrake. He's a really interesting man. And that book is really all about the life of fungi and mushrooms and how important they are to us. My only problem is now that when I read a book that I get passionate about, it drives Rich mad because I just keep saying, yeah. oh, Listen to this, or if he doesn't respond, I'll sit and huff and puff, or go, oh. <laughs> yeah, until I have to say, put my book down and say, what now? <laughs> so I've promised to be good. And the other book is Edible Mushrooms by... Jeff Dan. And that's more of a field guide that you yeah. can... Well, no, it's too big to take out with you, but it's, it's a, a good... Book, isn't it? Yeah. So what I intend to do is go out armed with camera, I think, or, you know, my phone and take photographs, bring them back and just learn. And if I find that there's a whole patch of something and it's recommended as really good to eat, then we will go back. There's no point in picking one mushroom just for dinner, is there? Uh, no, indeed. So that's uh, Fran's birthday present sorted, done. Yes, very happy, happy bunny girl, I am. Because yeah, you you're not one that needs bling, are you? Well, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> This year we're doing the thousand mile walk. What's the name of it, Fran? We're not doing a thousand miles in one go. We're doing the thousand miles in a year. They do it every year. It's just a challenge to walk yeah. 1000 miles every year. It's been going for some time, but I think with lockdown, um, it's really, really boosted it. And lots and lots of people are doing it. There are, are Facebook groups and online groups. You can actually join up with it. And it's in combination with Country Walking magazine, I believe. Yeah. There you go. Walk 1,000 miles. 
So, yeah, you have to just simply walk a thousand miles in the year, which doesn't sound like a lot, but um, it works out at 19.7 miles a week, I believe. Um, and for us, that's not too bad because we walk lots anyway and obviously have to walk to the shops and sometimes that's a three mile round trip anyway. But we have really made a concerted effort to start doing more and longer walks, haven't we? Yeah, we only we're only recording the miles that we do together, aren't we? So if one of us nips to the shops and does a two mile round trip, we're not counting that as uh, part of this challenge, are no. we? No, so... or even the walks between locks. If I'm walking, not that we've been doing much of that anyway, but no. if I'm walking while Rich is driving the boat, that's not being included. So. It's a minimum for us. So we're up to uh, almost 170 miles now since January 1, so that's pretty good. Yeah. So we're definitely on target. And if you want to know more about it, it's walk1000miles.co.uk. And the thousand is the numeric thousand. But it has given us um, a little bit of a problem because we're both not getting any younger. I've obviously just had a birthday. Richard's got a big one coming up. Um, and it mm -hmm. is showing our aches and pains we both feel like we've lost a little bit of weight with the walking but um rich still suffers with your ankle don't you yeah from i damaged last year. my ankle a year ago torn the tendons in it and it still isn't 100 percent right is it it still swells no. up after a walk it doesn't stop me walking and it's not necessarily painful while i'm walking it's when i stop yeah my feet up it aches a bit and i've got for years i've had problems with knees and uh, i've now developed an ache in my ankle so we've actually booked ourselves in to see a podiatrist to get our feet properly looked at to make sure we're wearing the proper shoes and that our walking style is is right and good um because we really want to do more of this as we've said we're going to walk hadrian's wall later in the year um, and Rich also has another big challenge coming up. Yeah, my daughter's doing the uh, London to Brighton walk, which is uh, 60 miles, 100k, uh, in 24 hours. So it's an overnight walk, and I've said I'd do that with her. She does this, She does a lot of these events, doesn't she, for raising money for the hospice that uh, her mum was in uh, many years ago. And um, so I've decided I'd do this one with her. So we've got to get my walking legs strong right. and go strong yeah way. it's more your feet i mean the last one that you did with her you met claire didn't you and walked overnight with her yeah so you did half downs. the walk I did half the walk with her yeah i found it a doll to be honest but uh, it's a bit different doing twice that yeah you know, at, uh, at my age you know and i've volunteered to do looking after the dog's duty yeah. instead <laughs> And sipping wine in Claire's flat while we're trudging yes. overnight through uh, dale and uh, well, forests. Somebody needs to be on hand for emergencies in case you yeah, need absolutely. rescuing. So yeah. that will be me. But um, yeah, we're not ones particularly that need a challenge to do no. things, you know. And in fact, I tried doing the started doing the one thousand walk um, challenge years ago when we lived in Norfolk. But I suddenly thought, you know, I don't really need, I'm not one that needs to have targets that I've got to meet or got to tick boxes for things. But somehow this just feels like quite a nice thing to do, really. Um, and it does make you get up and get out. Uh, well, not necessarily get up and get out. Get out when we no, breakfast. that's true. Because read our books. What's the time now? It is two o'clock and you've not left the boat yet, I have left you? The boat yet. No, I'm waiting for a uh, hair dog 
clippers to arrive <laughs> at the local supermarket via Amazon because two poochies are going to get uh, haircuts, aren't they, this uh, week? Unfortunately, Archie yesterday slipped off um, a lock gate. gate. What do you call it? Like the foot crossing across the gate. He didn't fall. He only fell like inches into the water. But a boat further along the canal has had an oil leak and it has all built up on the on the side of the lock gate so Archie slipped in got straight out again it wasn't a problem but he's been covered with oil he stank didn't he yesterday? so he's he's had one shower yesterday but he's due for another one today and his hair is quite long I just don't think I can get him properly clean so come tomorrow he's gonna have a little bit of a shock because he's getting a haircut yeah who'd have dogs on the narrowboat eh so we're just about to update our website as well. I've got a couple of wall hangings to go on there to sell, um, which I've made with the new walk that I'm making myself from scratch. That's Rich worked out really well, hasn't yeah. it? It's really pretty, the walk that you, you made. And it was just a trial run, really, but oh. um, I've just set some colours out. I'm going to make another one this afternoon, hopefully for some scarves. I think there are still some paintings for sale on the website. There are a couple of my little pictures, yeah. Um, it's been going really well, actually, the website. We've had so much uh, feedback, haven't we, from it? Not just yeah. people buying stuff, but people commenting how easy it is to navigate and the content and suggestions for further content. And there is, yeah, there is a room on there now, isn't there, for people to send in messages mm. um, which come to us via email. Yeah. Um, so that's really, really good. And lots of uh, requests, not through the website particularly, but people keep suggesting that I should make a recipe book. Well, I mean, with the best will in the world, that's not going to happen because I can't imagine that the time that must take to check the recipes properly, write them all down, photograph it and I don't know and get it published. But what I will do and I, I'm definitely going to start doing is go back over all the recipes that we've done in the past and anything new I will write down as I do them and we will put them in a recipe section on the website. And I will start doing that this week. There you are, I've said it now. Oh, it's so. a challenge. I think <laughs> I people look at me and think, Blimey, she must be a good cook. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm not. I mean, the thing is with our cooking and our recipes is that we just try to find things that are narrowboat friendly. Um, it is a little bit different. We, Particularly for us, we haven't got a big kitchen and we won't have on the new boat either. The new boat is going to be very, very simple because that's how we want it. We're not having food processors and Microwave. electric this, electric that. We just don't live like that. So the recipes are largely simple that you can just adapt to what you've got in your store cupboard. Because again, you know, you can't always just go off and get, I don't know, I'm trying to think of some fancy ingredient now and I can't when I'm thinking about it but you've just got to adapt things to how you want so that's what our recipes are usually like and in fact we say I'm going to do the recipes you're going to do the next recipe yeah I think that should be the first one on the website the next one I'm going to actually cook it just to show people how easy it is to cook like Fran and delicious and this is a <laughs> recipe for a tea loaf and we make it with Earl Grey tea egg free egg free dairy free um fat free I'm a I'm a big fan of fruit cake, you know, as far as I'm concerned there is no other cake but fruit cake. And this 
is so tasty, isn't it? And so fruity. It's lovely. And it is really just the it. easiest, easiest recipe. And in fact, we bought um, a Dundee cake from an organic farm shop recently and paid a fair bit of money for this because Rich wanted fruitcake and I didn't have any. And it wasn't, I'm blowing my own trumpet now, but it wasn't nearly as good. Oh, it was dry as anything, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I know what you were going to say then, but you better not. <laughs> it was dry. It was dry. <laughs> but um, to prove how easy this next recipe is, and I'm not belittling Rich because he is actually quite a good cook and cooks the best roast vegetable Sunday dinner ever. It's Sunday tomorrow, by the way. Oh, Just yeah. drop that into conversation. Right, okay, I'll be getting on with that then. But, um, yeah, he's going to cook the tea loaf under my instructions and we'll write it down and you can see that. So look out on the website, floatingourboat.com, uh, for recipes coming up in the next week or so. Yeah, recipes, new things in the shop and a new blog, which I have written and I've just got to get my editor to go through for me. <laughs> So if you've got any other ideas what you'd like to see on the website, send us a, a, a note via the website. Now the wind is really picking up. Rich has got to go into town and collect some um, deliveries, i.e. the dog clippers and things for mm. us and some food. I've got weaving to do, but I think you said you've got a question for me before we go. Oh yeah, this, this came from um, our wonderlust of being locked down we've been thinking haven't we how we would like to live our lives and you know apart from living on a boat which is great but in the future you know whether that's next year or the year after or 10 years time what do we want to do love the idea don't we of living on a croft in scotland it's so romantic isn't it with uh, it is a goat in the yard and uh, doing our own vegetable gardens etc in a tiny little cottage with your own fire and that and it just occurred to me the question I thought I wanted to ask you what would the 21 year old Fran say oh. to you now oh my goodness what would she ask you or what would she tell you she would tell me to stand up for myself a little bit more and do the things listen to your heart listen to your soul and do the things that are important to you. It's really funny you should ask me this, actually, and I didn't know Rich was going to ask me this. Um, I, I tinker with writing a little bit of poetry. I just mess about occasionally. And I sat up one night last week and couldn't sleep, and I got a notebook out from under the sofa that I intended to write a poem in and found in it an old diary that I actually started 24 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and I went through for some years starting a diary off on New Year's Day and I'd keep it going for a month or so and um, then it would dwindle away but I've added to it and I'll keep this book going and I sat and read through it and it was really interesting because all the things that are important to me now I've been there all along I've been all this not wanting to be tied down to unnecessary rules and regulations and having to do things that you don't necessarily believe in Wanting to live a simpler life, wanting to live basically, um, growing your own food, not living a commercialised life. And it's been there all the time. Unfortunately, I wasn't in a position and in a relationship then when I could explore all that stuff. 
and ended up living in towns and cities when I really, in my heart and soul, I didn't want to be doing that. Um, who knows where I would have been now if, if, I'd, if I'd started living the life I wanted to lead then. I don't know. Maybe not with me. Well, who knows? I might not have been. I might not have been. But to me, I don't mind where I am. Um, I think if I had to choose my own environment, it would be in a wood or near a wood somewhere, near trees. But the place that I'm in doesn't matter to me. And whether I lived in a boat or a small house or a log cabin or something, that doesn't particularly matter to me. It's just living simply and being as self-sufficient as you reasonably can. And I think we are at the moment doing that. But, uh, yeah, in years to come, I just want to continue the theme, really. I'm doing what I want to be doing now. Good. Does that answer your question? Very good, yes. Well done. <laughs> I knew it anyway, but I thought the listeners might want to hear it. Do I have to find one for you for next time now? Maybe. Oh, well, there you are. We're, perhaps we started a new theme for this series of podcasts. <laughs> We've stopped now because there's a boat going past and I've got to get up and look out the window. You know, Fran is the most nosiest oh. boater I know. Now that boat, I don't know if you can hear this boat going past, but that has been up and down the canal so many times. I don't know if they don't understand what lockdown (laughs) means, but every couple of days it goes past in a different direction. They must need lots of water, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, who knows. Anyway, that's us. Yeah, that's us done for this first episode of Series 2. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much. I hope you're all well and happy and managing to stay sane and looking forward to spring. Oh, don't stay sane. This is more boring (laughs) than being sane. Well, you should know.